Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode 17 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called A Bird in a Gilded Cage. One of the funniest episodes we've ever gotten on this show. I mean, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Um, It's also, you know, I think we're meant to believe that the titular bird is Lily and the titular gilded cage is the 1903 prison world. The Gilded Age. Just an interesting title. Aren't we all birds in a gilded cage at one point or another? I don't think so. I don't think we are. (laughs) I don't know that that's a universal experience. I think that's pretty specific. (laughs) Much to discuss before we get into it. Here's a quick ad. As always, I will start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. With the help of Bonnie and Kai, Damon and Elena set forth a plan to rescue Damon's mother, Lily, who is trapped in the 1903 prison world. Meanwhile, when Caroline's plan for Stefan backfires, she is left to pick up the pieces. Elsewhere, back at Whitmore College, Enzo and Alaric's attempt to reel Caroline back in doesn't go quite as planned when they realize they're outmaneuvered. Lastly, an unexpected gift from Bonnie leaves Damon shaken to his core. Mm Mm-hmm. We start the episode right where we left off the last episode, actually, or soon after, at Skullbar. Caroline is cleaning up. She's washing all the glasses after her big Skullbar extravaganza she had. Yeah, she's washing glasses. She's picking up broken wood. She's mopping. It's serious. It's really serious for her. (laughs) And Enzo walks in and he says, huh, hard knock life, is it? Little Annie joke. Yeah. Caroline says, hey, don't walk there. I just washed that. So she goes back to like mop it again. And Enzo says, oh, my apologies, Cinderella. What are you doing? And she says, Stefan and I had a moment. Things broke in the process. I'm returning Skullbar to the way we found it. And Enzo says, okay, well, the whole point of flipping the switch is that you don't really care how you leave things. And Caroline says, I go to school here. I want to keep going to school here. The second I draw any suspicions, break-ins, broken property, dead bodies, people will try to interrupt my routine. And then I will end up rotting in a cell somewhere instead of what I should be doing preparing for my audition tomorrow and i'm just excited to hear she's auditioning she's got a plan her anxiety is working for her with humanity off instead of it beating her ass gotta love that now she can beat her anxiety's ass apparently (laughs) enzo says you a vampire without humanity are auditioning for the school play and she says musical and obviously i'm a drama major what are you doing here (laughs) yeah And Enzo says, find my phone led me here. It didn't explain why your sticky fingers needed it last night. And she says, well, because you're the only one who has Sarah Salvatore's phone number. And he says, well, why did you need Sarah Salvatore's phone number? He says, what are you doing messing with my little revenge plan? Caroline says, well, um, I needed to use her life as leverage to convince Stefan to shut his humanity off, too. And Enzo says, that is both clever and unsettling. Like, please tell me Sarah is still alive. And Caroline says, oh, she's alive, assuming she survived any infections resulting from Liam's amateur surgery. And Enzo says, which means Stefan's humanity is a thing of the past. And Caroline says, like I said, I will stop at nothing to maintain my routine. So I suggest you stay away. Now, if you don't mind, I need to prepare for my audition. She hands him the mop and she goes. And he's like, what the fuck? I'm not mopping. I know how to use this. (laughs) We go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is sitting, waiting by the fire, like a parent waiting for it a child who missed curfew. And Stefan comes in. And Damon says, how was the rave? And Stefan says, oh, you know, loud, lame, rave-like. Damon says, anything I should know. 
anything you'd like to talk about, bro to bro? And Stefan says, hey, where do we keep our weapons? Crossbows, ring grenades, all that hunter crap Jeremy was into? Yes, the throne. And he walks over to a throne where I guess they put all their weapons. Interesting, interesting storage and organization. If they remember where it is, it all works. <laughs> Stefan starts grabbing some weapons, but Damon quickly vampire runs up to him because he intends to inject him with Vervain. Now, unfortunately, Stefan sees that coming a mile away and is able to stop him. And Stefan says, Elena told on me. Shocker. Stefan, without his humanity, he knows that news is going to spread quick. Yeah. And Damon says, not a good time for a humanity flip, bro. And it's not. It's not. I mean, it never is with Stefan, but this is really not. <laughs> like, did he not know we we're nearing the end of season six? Yeah. Stefan breaks Damon's wrist and says, do yourself a favor. Stay out of my way today. And Stefan goes. Damon heals his hand, but he does hear, you know, Stefan's engine rev as he's driving away. And so to deal with that, Damon breaks a face. Both the brothers doing super good today. Yeah, and it's and it's only going to get better. <laughs> we go to the hospital. Sarah wakes up and Joe's there. Joe says, easy, easy. You're at Whitmore Medical Center. I'm Dr. Laughlin. And it's like, okay, here come the lies. <laughs> Sarah says, last night. And Joe says, you had too much to drink. A professor found you passed out on the quad. And Sarah says, yeah, I sort of remember that, girl. One, what was a professor doing on the quad? Yeah. Two, what were you doing drinking that much at a school you don't go to where you know, like, one and a half people? You don't actually know any students because the two people she knows here are Enzo and Matt, neither of which are enrolled. Yeah. Like, think logically. Like, I know she was probably compelled to believe this. I'm sure she was compelled that she came and got drunk and woke up on the quad. But that doesn't explain why she was here. Yes, I would be like, okay, I I sort of remember being drunk and on the quad, but why did I come here? Whose dorm was I planning to stay in? Yeah, this really doesn't sound like me. Whatever. Sarah says, oh yeah, it was like a spring kickoff rave. And she didn't even go to the rave. She was trapped in a basement the whole time. Sarah says, well, I should get home. And Joe says, actually, I need you to sit tight. We need to look after you for a while. You know, you lost a lot of fluids last night. But she has no IVs hooked up to her. So how are they replenishing those fluids? Yeah. So they're just watching you produce fluids by yourself. They're not helping that process along at all. <laughs> this girl, she's got to think. Yeah, she's got to think a little bit. Joe leaves. In the hallway, Joe runs into Rick and she says, you know, for the record, I'm not okay with turning my hospital into a supernatural holding cell. I mean, you are. You're doing it, so you're clearly okay with it. Yeah. Rick says, look, it's the first day of spring break. The campus is a ghost town. Besides, we need to keep her out of harm's way until Elena's blood is out of her system. Unless, of course, you want to invite another Salvatore vampire to our wedding. Joe says, first of all, I don't even want to invite Stefan and Damon. She's like, what do you mean another? None of them are making the cut. Yeah. He said, you better find another friend quick. <laughs> Joe says, I'm starting to think eloping is the way to go. And Alaric says, yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. Just elope. Look. Uh, you have to make Damon your best man because you don't have any friends. Damon should not be the best man at any wedding. Yeah. All love to him. That's not something he needs. And, you know, we've met Joe's side of the family. Yeah. I don't know that we need Joshua there either, to be completely honest. Yeah, I think really the less people involved in it, I'm not even entirely sure Lurk should be involved in it. Yeah. Like <laughs> He's already bad enough. <laughs> I think we're we're full. Yeah. They kiss. Rick says, look, she's being compelled to forget last night. Soon she'll be back at Duke, safe with no idea what happened and no one the wiser. And Joe says, huh, Duke. 
that's not bad. It's like a little obnoxious, but kind of in a cute way. Little Duke. And so she's talking about a potential baby name. Um, I do think it is obnoxious. I'm not sure it's in a cute way. Duke is like a dog's name. Yeah, Duke is like a German shepherd. Duke is like, do you want him to go up to be the leader of the KKK? It's a bad name. Alaric says, whoa, wait, you think about baby names? And Joe says, you haven't been? And he says, no, no, I totally have. And she says, okay, name one. And he says, Josette Jr. I wish she had said, I don't know, Damon. (laughs) She says, get out of here. And they kiss. And she says, I have rounds. And they go, they split up. We'll visit some of Rick's baby name choices later. We go over to Salvatore House. Damon is hitting a bunch of furniture with a crowbar. I mean, look, all love, get your frustration out, King. I mean, like, I support you. But do you have to destroy your own house to do it? You know, he's ripping up an, an armchair. Like, there has to be some better way to do it. Break some plates, you know, some cheap plates. Yeah. Elena says, Damon, what are you doing? (laughs) And he says, I'm looking for a healthy outlet for my rage. And then he breaks the lamp and he says, I haven't found it. Yeah, you better keep looking for a healthy outlet, King. Yeah, he's like, where's all the fucking crystal in this house? Did we break all of it? And they did. And he, mind you, he's like, what, 180 years old? Yeah. If you don't know how to handle your rage by now, King, I think that ship has sailed. I think you just got to live with it now. I think it sort of is what it is. Damon says, Stefan without his humanity is one artery away from Stefan the Ripper, and every day that goes by is one year of guilt waiting for him on the other side. And Elena says, yeah, well, not to add to a growing pile of bad news, but we didn't just lose Stefan. We lost our chance to spurt Caroline's humanity because it turns out he was her emotional trigger. Damon holds out the crowbar to her. And Elena says, oh, no, thanks. And he says, no, please, like, take it away from me because I'm seconds away from using it on this. And it's the video camera. And she says, okay. <laughs> she takes the cobra. She says, oh, who is that? Because she hasn't been caught up on this yet. Yeah. He says, this is Lillian Salvatore. And Elena says, oh, my God, your mother's alive? She's, like, just talking about this as though it's, like, great, exciting news. Which yeah. to her, I mean, she doesn't have the context. She's like, oh, cool. And she's like, I wish my mother was alive. And I love, she doesn't even ask, like, What's up with her being on the video camera? Like, she just said, okay. okay, sounds good. Too much has happened to her. She can't be asking too many questions about everything. I love it. She's so optimistic after all of it. It's it's really refreshing. <laughs> Damon says, yeah, alive and well, not in the pine box. I thought I buried her in in 1858. And apparently she's a vampire and not just any kind of vampire. And Elena says, Damon, your mother's alive. <laughs> and he says well elena the thing is she's a ripper you know it makes perfect sense stefan was always such a mama's boy and elena says how much of a mama's boy <laughs> damon says he would have hanged himself with mother's apron strings if it meant her approval we both would we loved her she was our world and elena's like well that's awesome and then damon sees some gears turning on elena's face and he says no way and Elena says, this is our way to get Stefan back. You can't tell me his mother isn't an emotional trigger. And Damon says, Elena, this woman killed so many people that an entire coven of witches built her a permanent timeout. You don't fix one ripper problem by unleashing another ripper. And that is fair. Yeah. Elena says, think about it. If this works, we don't just get Stefan and Caroline back. We get your mother back. I mean, aren't you even a little curious to see her? And he is because he's got mommy issues. So Damon says, I think I might know a few witches who can help. And we quickly cut over to the Whitmore dorm and we hear Bonnie saying, I'm not helping you. (laughs) Classic. Uh, She tries to slam the door on him, but he stops it. And she says, I hate Kai. You know that. 
first thing you did when I got back was throw him in my face to fake apologize. And Damon says, that may be true. But then I did real apologize for being a dick. He's like, you know, it was just a busy day. I feel bad about it now. (laughs) Bonnie says, here you are less than 24 hours later asking me to work with him. And Damon says, Bonnie, we need to get Kai to 1903 and we need Bennett blood to do the damn spell. Listen, we go in, we grab my mom. She flips Stefan's switch. He triggers Caroline. Emotional dominoes. Everybody wins. Sounds like a great plan if it all works out. Yeah, a little little oversimplified. My concern, of course, this episode is there's always concerns going in and out of a prison world. Now, we were okay today, but ascendants still have to be hunted down. Yeah. Bonnie says, if I give you my blood, will you just get out of my face? And Damon says, probably, although I think you're going to want to join us. Because stick with me, Bonnie Bennett. I might just have the answer to all your prayers. Of course, we found out that Damon's plan here is to trap Kai in. Yeah. Which is nice of him. Yeah, nice of him and honestly fair enough. I mean, Kai wiggled his way out of a prison world, but that was where he was meant to be. Yeah. (laughs) We go over to a diner. We've been to this diner before, but I don't know what it's called. And I don't think it's a Skull Bear situation. I really think we don't know what it's called. Bonnie is sitting with Kai and Kai says, oh, you want the 1903 Ascendant? Sure, let me just reach in my pocket and pull it out. He says sarcastically, taps his we think empty pockets joke will pay off later (laughs) bonnie says if you're sincerely looking for a way to make up for the hell you put me through this is it now i mean look i know hindsight is 2020 but kai i don't think you should be going into any prison world with anybody yeah i just don't think that is in your best interest i think absolutely help them give them the ascendant i think you should keep your ass out of here yeah you don't want to get stuck in another one and You don't need to be there. They can do the whole thing with just Bonnie. And actually, Bonnie would probably forgive you more. I mean, Bonnie is a lot happier, you know, with him trapped in there. But Bonnie would probably forgive you more if she didn't have to spend time with you. It's a red flag that she was happy to spend all this time with you, Kai. Think. But it was a red flag that Kai wanted to have Thanksgiving dinner with her. So So. (laughs) it's only fair. (laughs) Kai says, okay, the problem is, you know, the Gemini kept the existence of the 1903 prison world a secret for generations. So to find the key to that particular jail cell, I'd have to navigate ancient texts, undo layers of magical cloaking spells, and... Oh. Oh, wait, that's weird. And then he pulls the Ascendant out, and he says, it was in my pocket. And Bonnie does not giggle. Yeah, and he holds for laughs, but they do not come. Kai says, when Damon told me about Mama Salvatore, I started looking, and if I wanted to, I could get her out. Newly minted leader of the Gemini Coven and all, I don't even need a celestial event to zap us there. Makes it easy. Bonnie says, so what's the catch? And Kai says, I'll go if you go. Come on, it could be fun. 1903, the Gilded Age. You have a dream about time travel? (laughs) And she says, I would rather die of cholera than spend an afternoon with you. Kai says, okay, well, you're way more likely to die at the hands of your gal pal, Caroline. That'll be over something stupid, like she stops doing laundry and you make some snippy comment and she snips off your tongue. I mean, if only there was some way to reunite her with her humanity. And it's smart of Bonnie to make Kai feel like he has all the power here mm-hmm. when he will be trapped by episode 10. Yeah. We go over to Whitmore. Caroline is doing her aforementioned audition. She is singing. For those of you unfamiliar, the song is called Still Hurting. It's from a musical called The Last Five Years. Jamie is over and Jamie is gone. Jamie's decided it's time to move on. Jamie has new dreams he's building upon. 
And she's eating it up. She's eating it up. A musical that I deeply stand. I went through a final season in college where all I listened to was this music. And it bops. Caroline is acting. She is emoting. She is a theater major. And also, it's to be noted, Candace King has sung on the show before, but we have not seen her sing in a while. So good for her. Keep that music career going, Miss Candace. We love you. And this is one of her better performances on the show. It's very good. Well, it's just compared to Eternal Flame. Yeah. I would rank this above Eternal Flame, but... I couldn't remember if there was another one. She sang at her mom's funeral, but that was different. Oh, yeah. I'm not judging someone's singing at their mom's funeral, though she sounded beautiful. Yeah. It's like, sorry to talk about The Summer I Turned Pretty on Mike. <laughs> Spoilers for The Summer I Turned Pretty. I'm sure all of you have seen it, if you're going to see it. When Conrad sings at his mom's funeral, he sounds bad. And the day after, some people are like, oh, it's so sad that he's a bad... He's acting. <laughs> he was acting. <laughs> he was acting like he was at his mom's funeral. Yeah, I'm sorry. He didn't sound incredibly perfect at his mom's funeral. <laughs> Caroline did. She's she's better than him, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the song is about to end. She doesn't even let the instrumental like finish out. She just like breaks her facade. She has let out a single tear over the course of the song and she just like shakes it all off. True actor. Yeah, she shakes it off, rolls her eyes like that was dumb. <laughs> and she says, hello. Pretty sure I crushed that. We look at the director to see what he thinks and his head falls off. And Stefan was sitting behind him, and Stefan starts a slow clap. So you can see Stefan's head right over the headless guy, and it's like, oh, okay, here he is. <laughs> That's Stefan for you. That's classic Stefan. <laughs> Stefan says, moving, truly, though it did lack a certain authenticity. And Caroline says, oh, what the hell are you doing? That was the director. <laughs> She's like, how am I going to get this part now? <laughs> and Stefan says, and you're a vampire without humanity singing about heartbreak. And Caroline says, it's a performance, Stefan. And Stefan says, it sure is, Caroline. Especially <laughs> this carefully crafted good student routine. Straight and narrow. Anything to keep you from making a mistake you might regret one year from now when you flip your switch back on. Oh, except for the whole ruining my life part. And Caroline says, well, if your humanity's off, you shouldn't really care how I deal. And Stefan says, mm, that's where you're wrong. Because like you, I'm prone to doing bad things when my humanity's off. But unlike you, I don't have an elaborate system to keep me in check. And she says, that's not my problem. And he says, well, no, the thing is, I'm making it your problem. Because if my life is going to fall apart when my humanity starts flooding back, then so is yours. When I'm done with you, you'll be drowning in mistakes. And she says, this is seriously about revenge. And he says, yes, it is. You know, no humanity, Stefan. Got pissed when he was like, why is she just handling this okay? No, no. We're not doing that. <laughs> he said, mm-mm, mm-mm. He says, and this, he holds up his bloody hands and he says, is a control freak's worst nightmare. This is me undoing your routines. This is me forcing you to let go. He swipes blood on her lips sexily. I mean, you can't deny it's sexy with the two of them. Yeah. But it is it is very get a job, stay away from her. <laughs> um, he says, one day at a time until you break. He goes... Uh, Steph in this episode really said, what you don't understand, Nate, is I am crazier. Literally. He is so Cassie from Euphoria coded. Uh, people forget, you know, they all remember he's crazy when his humanity's off. But they forget just how vindictive he gets. Because he's crazy and mean, but he gets so targeted with it. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing about Stefan is he is so... What's the word? He has such a deep self-awareness of like his issues that he's really good at identifying everyone else's. 
And usually he just uses that to camp with them. Yeah. Uh, with the humanity off, he's like, hmm, that's a, that's a little pawn to move on this chessboard that I call life. Yeah, he said, that's a weakness. <laughs> uh, I love it. I-, I laugh, I giggle, I have a good time. And it's sexy every time, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, sorry. And you know what? I think part of this, they saw the sexiness that was coming from Cleoline and they said, we need a touch of enemies to lovers in here to up the sexy a bit. And I do appreciate that. Yeah, they're like, we need Steriline to get to be a little sexy or no one's going to ship. Except the true fans. Everybody agrees they're cute, but we gotta, we gotta sex this up. And they sure did. We go over to the Salvatore house. They're prepping for the prison world spell. Bonnie cuts her hand, because as we all know, they need Bennett blood. Kai says, Crocodile Dundee called. He wants his knife back. And Bonnie says, he's no longer a thing and neither is that joke. Ended him with ease. Yeah, poor Kai is just like, yay, Bonnie's going to forgive me. We're going to have a fun day. And she's like, that's not fucking funny. Yeah. And she said, nobody laugh. Kai says, ouch. Uh, Bonnie puts her blood on the ascendant. Damon and Elena come in and Elena is wearing like a little parka. And she says, is this presentable attire by 1903 standards? Damon says, who said you were coming? And Elena says, to meet the woman who gave birth to the two epic loves of my life? Me. She served for this. I would too. I loved that line read too. She was like, uh, me? Yeah, I said I was coming. She said, I found a coat. Like, the train has left the station. I'm in it now. There's two witches. Also, she doesn't know that their plan is to leave Kai behind. So she's like, you have two powerful witches. You can handle one more girly. Yeah. Kai says, powerful as I am, there's a limit to how many people I can transport with this spell. And Bonnie says, right, which is why there's two of us. Shall we? And Bonnie says, there's not a limit to me. I'm going to be one person lighter on the way back. Yeah. Damon says, let's go get mom. They all grab hands and Kai does the spell. And in they go to the 1903 prison world. It is snowy. Well, one thing about this prison world is snow. Yeah, it's snowing. Damon says, well, isn't this a picturesque slice of hell? And Bonnie says, you guys go ahead. We'll start the locator spell on the Ascendant. And Elena says, but, but Kai just had the Ascendant. Why do we have to find another one? <laughs> Great question. But she's the only one who's not caught up on prison world logistics. Yeah. Kai says, the Ascendant can't travel between worlds, so we have to find its mirror image in 1903. And Damon says, page 10 of the World Jumping Rulebook. So it's good they review that for themselves, but also for us, the audience. Well, yeah, because you don't want the audience being like, what are they looking for? Yeah. Especially because... At the end of the day, they don't really need the locator spell, it appears. So mm-hmm. Damon says, shall we? And Elena says to Bonnie, like, hey, I don't want to leave you alone with him. Bonnie says, I'll be fine. He's good now, remember? New leaf. We can see him catching snowflakes in his mouth. He's so cutie pie. <laughs> That's going to stop being fun real quick, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned this during the episode. He probably has not seen snow in... Since 1994. Yeah. So he's got to be excited. Elena goes with Damon. And Kai goes up to Bonnie and he says, new leaf, you believe me. And Bonnie says, hell no. Damon and Elena just need to meet his mom alone. So shut up and let's find the Ascendant. Unfortunately, her being like firm with Kai is really working for him. Yeah. We go over to Whitmore. Stefan walks out after killing the director uh, to his motorcycle. He tries to get on it and it falls into a couple pieces. Classic. Classic. Great joke. A great gag. Caroline comes out and says, oh, shoot. Is your bike okay? Do you need money for the bus? And Stefan says, seriously? And Caroline says, I just had to stuff the director's body into a furnace. You know how hard it was to get an audition during spring break? And Stefan says, oh, come on. It was easy for you, Caroline. All you had to do was shed some tears about your mom's funeral, play the cancer card, and boom, your precious routine is back on track. Am I wrong? Unfortunately, he's not wrong. So she has to change the subject. (laughs) 
She says, this is your only warning. Go away. And Stefan says, oh, neat, organized Caroline, staying within the lines, good at control, terrible at revenge. And she says, I dismantled your bike. And he says, I tore your director's head off with my teeth. <laughs> he said, girl, we are working at different levels here. And he finds like one screw and he says, oh my God, Caroline, did you literally just unbolt this damn thing? I mean, it's going to take me, what, 10 minutes to put this back together? To which I say she had to go put a body in a furnace. Like, she didn't have a ton of time. Stefan didn't have a ton of time either between the end of the song and her asking what the director thought. That's true. And he found a much more effective way to use that time. Yeah, and he still gagged her here, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> he got he got her severely. He kind of ended her with ease. And he says, you're an embarrassment to humanity-free vampires anywhere. So she punches a hole in his gas tank, which is, like, worse, but also... But not that hard to fix, I presume. Yeah, but he lets her he lets her leave. He doesn't make fun of that. Because mm-hmm. he's got more up his sleeve. This isn't the end. And he already knows he gagged her, so he's like, mm, that's okay. We go over to Alaric's office where he is writing out a list of baby names. Here are the names that he wrote down. Oh, good. I'm going to read them slightly out of order because I want to save some funny ones for last. I have two funny ones I want to save for last. Okay. Aiden, Jackson, Ethan, Lucas... Jacob, Jaden, Jack, Ryan, and then two funny ones, and I'll tell you why they're funny. Logan, after Logan fell, and then Liam. Were you just thinking of people you knew? I love, first of all, I love Lucas is on there because he was like, well, I mean, I guess family. Yeah, you should put Lucas on there. (laughs) And I love how many end in an unsound. Like 75%. These are all kind of werewolfy names, too. They're all kind of the same name. Jaden, Aiden, Jackson. And then also to write Jackson and then Jack? Come on. <laughs> he was not a creative guy. And also they're all boys' names, typical. And I will say, I do know the eventual name of one of these babies. As far as we know, there's just one baby. As far as we know, there's just one. I feel confident there are two. What are you convinced... The baby's name is slash R. Elizabeth Jetta Saltzman. Where are you getting that name? From Instagram, but also Elizabeth Forbes Jenna Summers. Okay. Do you have a guess on what the other one's name is? If you're under the assumption that there is indeed another baby, what's the other baby's name? See, and that leads to an interesting question. Doesn't it? Because I have seen people refer to Saltzman twins. Joe is Gemini, it, you know. And I've seen the one name, and I'm pretty sure it's it's one name. I'm pretty sure it's not Elizabeth and Jenna. I'm pretty sure this is the name. Okay. So the question is, what gender is the other one? That is a question. And I feel like just based on what we've seen, probably boy. Okay. Because we see a lot of Gemini twins are one of each. Yeah. So what do you think that one's going to be named? I'm trying to think of other names of people we know. Well, it could be named after someone who hasn't yet died, but might die by the time the baby's born. I did have that thought. I was like, what if it's named Stefan? But I was like, well, Stefan won't be dead yet unless it takes her forever to poop out a baby or, you know, the next couple of seasons are a short period of time. I think it's, what does he even care about? I would say Jeremy, but like, I don't think that's really it. So I'm not 100% on a second name. Okay. But I'm going to guess it's a boy. Well, first of all, you're convinced that it's two babies, not one. Yes. And you're convinced that one of them is named Elizabeth. Yes. Okay. And that's that on that. It's interesting that you think that he would name 
a baby after two people that like Joe doesn't really have a relationship with. So maybe the boy's name is Lucas Joshua Saltzman. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> or if she has an ex-boyfriend she wants to put in the middle name spot. Maybe. <laughs> or Kai. Yeah, maybe she has a brother. <laughs> Kai. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I don't know if she's there with Kai to name a child after him. But, you know, she has nine months. Yeah, the baby's not there yet. We'll see. Alert gets a call from Joe and he picks up and he says, oh, so I've got a few. Are you ready? And Joe says, actually, I thought about it. And anyone named Alaric should not be allowed to name another human. She's right. She didn't even hear the list. And she knew I, she knew they're going to be asked. Yeah, she said, I have a feeling that your your list is bad. Yeah. Alaric, however, says, I didn't name me, which is fair. He didn't. But you didn't go by a middle name either. Yeah. Joe says, true. Okay, you can have veto power then. And he says, okay, well, then I vetoed Duke. Thank you. Someone had to. Yeah, that that was good taste from him. There's a knock at the door and Enzo is there. So Rick says, I'll call you right back. He hangs up on Joe. And he says to Enzo, hey, what are you doing here? And Enzo says, hoping you've got enough Vervain to get Blondie and her cohort from here to the Salvatore cellar without further drama. And Alaric says, you do realize I'm a human, right? Up against two vampires without remorse. And Enzo says, ah, I see. Your girl's got a bun in the oven and now you've gone all gun shy. And then he says, I've got vampire hearing. So I heard you talk about baby names. Rick says, you know what? I'd actually like my child to grow up with a father. And Enzo says, granted, a cowardly father. Probably play catch and run from the ball, go fishing and flee from the fish. And Rick says, you know what? Okay, that worked on me. I do have weapons at my apartment. The play catch and run from the ball is hysterical. It's just a hysterical visual. No notes, Enzo. Just wonderful, wonderful gag. When Enzo eats, he eats. And he, he does a lot to me. He's starting to eat again for me now that he seems to be backing off the Stefan thing. I mean, the Stefan revenge plan is just like, what's the, what are you doing this for? Yeah. You're only upsetting yourself. <laughs> Stefan <laughs> literally doesn't even give a fuck. You're just hitting Matt with a curve for no reason. Stefan doesn't even know he even met Sarah. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know how much time he's been spending with Sarah. <laughs> we go over to the 1903 prison world. They are in the 1903 Salvatore house. And Elena says, can we just take a second to acknowledge how insane it is that we are standing in the house you grew up in? She finds a baby photo and she says, oh, Damon, you are so adorable. And Damon says, thank you, except that one is Stefan. And then he says, this is me. And he hands her another baby photo. And the Stefan one is cuter. This one of him, he looks like a scary little doll. Yeah, it looks like a ventriloquist photo. Yeah, he's, he does not look like a real child. Yeah, he was he was already plagued with anxiety from a young age. <laughs> Damon says, we're not here to socialize. You're just looking at pictures. They're not socializing exactly. Well, yeah, I think you're allowed to look at a couple pictures. You've got time. <laughs> Damon says, we get the Ascendant. We find my mother. After she flips Stefan's switch, we figure out what the hell we're going to do with her. Elena says, you could give her another chance. And Damon says, chance to what? Eviscerate another literal boatload of people? And Elena says, Stefan was a ripper. You never gave up on him. And Damon says, and where was Lily from 1858 to 1903? She was blood binging through Europe while Stefan and I carried the loss. Not exactly maternal. As far as I'm concerned, my mother died when we buried her empty coffin. The woman we're looking for is just a tool to get my brother back. And then Lily says, Damon? So she probably heard a good chunk of that. Yeah. Well, Damon, I mean, I know you're saying this. No one's buying this. Yeah. (laughs) Mommy issues king. Damon turns to Lily. And says, hello, mother. 
I know the writers were literally dying when they were like, Ian, we got a funny line for you this week. They were giggling, giggling, giggling in that writer's room when they wrote that down. I know Ian had to do a few takes because he laughed his little booty off about this. I'd be laughing. You get to a point late enough in a teen drama where you can get really self-referential and like a little goofier because it's like, you know, it's season six, guys. Let us have fun. And we've been goofy before, but this is just like such a specific teen drama type of goofy to like reference an original scene in this way. Exactly. And now that we are here, officially meeting Lily, we are going to talk about the actress who plays Lily. Her name is Annie Worshing. Um, for those of you who haven't heard, she actually very sadly passed away earlier this year of cancer. And she was only 45. So she was young. I saw that news story, which is why I felt confident we'd meet their mom, which is a shame. A shame that she died, not a shame that I spoiled it. Like, obviously, obviously, who cares that I saw that? Like, that's just very young to die of cancer. I know, it's very sad. Fun fact about Annie Worshing. She went to the same college I went to. So go Big Blue, Millican University. Sir. Slay. And let's talk about her most iconic roles most recently she was on the rookie oh i think she was a serial killer on the rookie oh so very sir she had like a multi-episode arc i guess spoilers for the rookie (laughs) i don't think you need to say that all love she also was on star trek picard oh with paul wesley no i don't think it is there's too many star treks she was also on runaways which is a marvel show it is (laughs) she was on 32 episodes of that played a character named leslie dean doesn't sound like a superhero but i don't know but but who am i (laughs) what else was she in timeless oh isn't that like the time travel one with that guy from the mini project you're thinking of a different one this is a different time travel show i remember there were a couple different that came out kind of near each other no this one i think is more prestige and thrillery That one you're thinking of was more of a comedy. This one doesn't look to be as much of a comedy. And then she's been in a couple other things. She seems to be solidly working. She was. It was, yeah. I know, it's sad. She's done some video game voices. She voiced Tess in The Last of Us. That's a big one. But she's been on a lot of procedurals. Blue Bloods, Castle, Code Black, Body of Proof. Hawaii Five O, Rizzoli and Isles, NCIS, CSI. She's also known for, she was on 37 episodes of 24. Oh. Season seven and eight, so late in the series, if, nice. you, if we have any 24 stands. Oh, she was also in General Hospital for 80 episodes? Nice. Those soap opera jobs can pay off. And even more procedurals down the line, Boston Legal, Cold Case. Yeah, she did the whole circuit, it appears. Yeah, she was doing it. She's very beautiful. Yeah, she is very beautiful. I mean, she's very good, too. She's, I think Lily is a very interesting character. We get a good taste of her here, but of course, we're going to obviously deal with her more. Yeah. But I think she does a very good job of making her pretty likable or pretty like interesting. Mm-hmm. And what we know about her is not a lot of likable information. Well, yeah, and she's in this episode like, I'm getting a little ahead of myself and don't get me wrong. I'm not like buying it, but she is reading very sincere. Yeah. It's not the same as like, and don't get me wrong. I bought it when Esther lied too. So I'm not the best 
case study for this. Yeah. But compared to Esther, it's like, damn, she's really hiding it. Yeah. If she is indeed crazy, which I think she is. But she is making me doubt it at least a little bit. Yeah. So Lily makes tea for them. And she says, you know, there was a time I marked days on a calendar, but I gave up after a few years. But, you know, judging by your bizarre attire, jeans and T-shirts, mind you. It's like, which one of us looks bizarre here, bitch? And what is exactly bizarre? Yeah. Elena says, you've been in here for over a century. And Damon says, I would have come sooner, but I thought you were safe and sound in the family crypt. My bad. She said, okay, so we're going there. She said, okay, fair enough. Lily says, okay, well, technically I did die in 1858 after a nurse in the TB ward fed me vampire blood. So that's how she turned. You were really theorizing some crazy stuff. Yeah, but no, she's just, just some random nurse. Yeah, I didn't want to stop you, but I was like, well, she has no idea. I mean, yeah, why, why would you stop me? Of course I'd guess stuff. But it was really just the Meredith fell of the day giving out vampire blood. So true. Damon says, and you never thought to stop by and clear things up? And Elena cuts the tension. She says, how'd you end up here, Mrs. Salvatore? And Damon says, Mrs. Salvatore? And Elena says, I don't have to call her. Which, yeah, what else is she going to call her? Yeah, she just met the woman. She didn't even introduce herself, by the way. You didn't introduce either of them. Yeah. Mr. Damon, throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum over there. Which fair. <laughs> Lily says, please call me Lily. It was October 31st, 1903. Halloween. I had just arrived at New York Harbor. The night sky was alive with this beautiful shimmering light, the northern lights. Mm -hmm. Then out of nowhere, a coven of witches attacked. And when I awoke, they were gone. Everyone was gone. That night, the sky danced with colors again, and it's done so every night since. I love this telling of the story. Just, and then a coven of witches attacked. Crazy. Why? Why, Lily? <laughs> well, I think she knows they know why, and she seems to be remorseful ish well i mean she seems to be remorseful of killing a bunch of people we don't know if it's like are you sorry you did it or sorry you got caught yeah but she seems genuinely remorseful so i do think there's a little bit of her that's embarrassed to admit that she got turned to a vampire and immediately went crazy yeah damon says it's called prison you must have pissed a lot of people off and she says well that life seems like forever ago i mean it was it was like a century ago to be fair yeah Damon picks up a dropper with blood that he sees. He sees like a little mini dropper and he says, are you on a diet? And Lily says, the thing is I depleted every slaughterhouse within walking distance and every butcher shop along the hellish trek from New York to Mystic Falls. She holds up a jar of blood and says, this is the last of the blood here. Two drops a week just to stay awake. This is something I asked. I was like, how is anyone surviving that long in a prison world without blood? And I'm glad they touched on this. Yeah, Elena says, that sounds miserable. And Lily says, I manage. It's just very interesting because I do feel like the Gemini Coven's prison worlds, like the more effective part of this prison world is not her being stuck here. It's her not having blood. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's why they came up with the idea of prison worlds. Is there like, mm, limited blood? Yeah, but it would take so long to deplete that much blood, it seems. It does. Maybe they thought she would stay a ripper the whole time and it would take that long. Yeah. Lily says, I heard you and your brother turned during the war. Your father must have been horrified. Who knows where the hell she heard this? Where do you think she heard this? Who told her this? <laughs> I'm sure she was just keeping tabs on. Well, actually, I'm not sure she was keeping tabs. Who knows how she hears things? Yeah. Damon says, yeah, our dad was horrified. Then Stefan ripped his throat out. Uh, Lily spits out her tea because she's laughing so hard. Yeah, she giggles. <laughs> she's 
she's so real. She says, I'm sorry. I apologize. It is cruel to laugh, but good for Stefan. I really hated that guy. Fucking Giuseppe. He's killed by his own son. His wife and two sons are all vampires. And when his wife finds out that he was killed by the son, she laughs. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with him? How mean were you to these people? Yeah, the, the Ripper in one of the two prison worlds in existence thinks it's funny that you're dead. It's been a century for her to be like, you know what? I've forgiven him. No, she still hates you like it was yesterday. She laughed at your death. <laughs> She's so icon. Damon says, yeah, I know you hated him so much so that you left your kids with him, faked your own death and went out to join the Ripper Coalition. And, and you know, it's funny because Lily's like, oh, you know about the coalition? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, to Lily's credit, and I think this also helps make the case that she has changed. Uh, she says, well, it's nice to see you've grown into yourself, Damon. She does not end him. She just says, nice to see you've grown into yourself. And she says, how's your brother? We go over to Whitmore to see how his brother is. The answer being bad. Caroline is doing her homework in like the common area. and She hears some noises and she says, hello, anyone there? Stefan is at the vending machine and Caroline says, what do you want? And Stefan says, oh, I brought you a little peace offering. I figure with all that singing and furnace stuffing, you must be perched. He has a bottle of alcohol, but it's essentially a Molotov cocktail. Mm -hmm. um, and he throws it at her. <laughs> and then he grabs like a wooden stake and tackles her a little bit sexily. <laughs> I'm, still in the, I'm still in the scene. Someone has to say it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> he says, this is how a vampire with no humanity is supposed to act. I'm inflicting actual pain. And Caroline says, okay, leave me alone. And Stefan says, why? Think about giving in, letting go, breaking code. She says, Stefan, stop. And he says, come on, Caroline, just let go. I promise it'll feel good. And she says, I'm not going to let you ruin my life. And he says, okay, then I'll end it. And he gets the stake ready to like stake her. But she bites his wrist, gets the upper hand, gets on top of him with the stake, and she stakes him in the stomach to weaken him. <laughs> Caroline's always been one of the top fighters when it comes to hand-to-hand -hand combat in this group. Yeah. And that comes in handy here. In 1903, Bonnie and Kai are in the snowy woods. And Kai says to Bonnie, you have really nice palms. And Bonnie's like, ew, shut up. Yeah, she ignores that. Uh, she's doing a spell. And then Kai says, do you know why I'm here? Because my guilt keeps me up at night. I don't expect you to believe me, but I need you to give me one more chance. And he says, Bonnie, listen to me. He grabs her hand. He stops her spell. And he says, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Because, of course, like, he's going through his whole apology and she's chanting through the whole thing. So he got a little frustrated. But the timing was bad, King. <laughs> she says, I know you didn't mean to do it, but you did it anyway. Because even if you are telling the truth, the old you is still inside of you. The Ascendant is this way. So they start walking. At the Salvatore house, Lily says, and you believe I can connect Stefan with his humanity. And Elena says, the last memory Stefan has of you is a vision of an angel telling him everything is going to be okay. Lily kind of smiles. She says, oh, that's cute. She's like, oh, so Stefan likes me. Good. Yeah. She's like, good. I need at least I'm one for two. Yeah, I need him 50%. <laughs> Damon says, so you're going to be an angel again. He doesn't need to know how screwed up you really are. Lily says, of course I'll help. I'd love nothing more than to see him again. Isn't it funny that Damon at this point, I mean, it's not really doing this because he's trying to bring her back to talk to Stefan, but that Damon is keeping their mother a secret and Stefan is keeping their niece or great niece or whatever a secret. It's just interesting. It is interesting. I don't know what it means, but... They're just looking out for each other, I think. Brothers. 
Damon says, okay, pack your bags. And Lily says, wonderful. I'll alert the others. And they said, maybe? <laughs> they said, hold on. They said, oh, that's not. <laughs> Damon says, you'll alert who now? <laughs> and Lily says, oh, well, you knew so much about me. I assumed you'd heard of my traveling companions. She said, you literally said coalition. <laughs> <laughs> Damon says, what traveling companions? Lily leads them to a cave. And in the cave, there are six desiccated vampires. And she says, everyone, meet my son, Damon. He is here to take us home. And they all just sit there because they can't move or react. Damon says, well, I wouldn't say. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Damon's like, well, she shouldn't really speak for for us. (laughs) And Elena's like, and I'm Elena, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) We go over to Whitmore. Enzo and Alaric are now in the hall with weapons. Enzo and Rick, bestie era incoming. Maybe not today. (laughs) It's a little bit. We're on the right track. This is very reminiscent of in season one when Damon and Alaric went to the tomb vampire house and they weren't really friends yet, but it was like kind of the beginning of their bestie era. Yeah. It's like, they're not really friends, but they're hanging out. And I love Enzo has the crossbow because, you know, love to my King Jeremy, but they finally found someone even better to hold the crossbow. They made it sexier. It was a low bar to find someone better than Jeremy. It was a high bar to me. (laughs) Enzo says, there you are, a definite role model material. And Rick says, Damon really spent five years in a cell with you without killing himself? And Enzo says, ah, a fellow smartass. I can see why you're his drinking buddy. You're going to have to knock off the hard stuff while you're breastfeeding. Classic joke. (laughs) Classic joke. I mean, Enzo is is hitting him out of the park today, and he he does get taken down a peg for it. But for a while, he's really winning. Yeah. Rick says, hey, what are you doing here? I thought you hated Stefan. And Enzo says, I do. In fact, I have a whole elaborate revenge scheme against him at this very moment. But unfortunately, in order to truly hurt someone, they have to care. And Rick says, so you want Stefan's humanity back to remind him how much you two hate each other. Uh, This is elite hater behavior. (laughs) Yeah. One thing about Enzo is he is Stefan's number one hater. Yeah. And he never changes. And you have to admire someone who hates that consistently. He said, no, I hate him. And people try to give him other information. He's like, I don't need it. I hate him. I'm good. I'm good with it. This is how I feel. Enzo says, games are more fun with two players. As though Stefan's been playing this game. (laughs) (laughs) You know you're playing this. All love to Enzo. But like, you're playing this yourself, King. (laughs) Yeah, how would you know games are more fun with two players? You're playing alone. You're playing solitaire, bitch. Yeah. Rick says, you know, last night an innocent girl had an involuntary splenectomy. Splendec- splenectomy? Splenectomy. Splenectomy. There's no D in it, but nice try. Okay, doctor. I guess I was thinking append- appendectomy, but there's a D in appendix. I know. And I know there's not one in spleen. You don't have to tell me. Rick says, because you brought her into your life. Now, if that's your idea of fun, you need to take a long look in the mirror, pal. And Enzo says, no, and what? reevaluate my flippant disregard for human life and rick says no just confront your deep obvious loneliness got him so severely that was a that was a ko i <laughs> got on his neck this thing about enzo he's been like feuding with matt stefan and jeremy he wasn't ready for this yeah because one thing about a lurk he's not doing the whole back and forth we're teasing each other a bit before someone goes a little too far. He jumps right to it. He goes right for the jugular. He's like, I'm not having a whole conversation. I have my information already. I'm just getting it out. Yeah. And that's why Elena's not dating you, Damon. Yeah. It was always like that. 
So he got Enzo so good. And the funny thing about this is Enzo tries so hard to brush it off, but you can see tears welling in his eyes. Michael Malecki is acting because it is very much like, I don't care about that at all. Like as he's about to fucking burst into tears. So says, oh, oh, well, you got me there. Yeah, I'm just a sad nobody up to no good while you're at home ticking off your life milestones. Girl, kid, death sounds lovely. <laughs> when he's saying like, girl, kid, death sounds lovely. It's like, that does seem to sound lovely to you. I think you want a girlfriend. <laughs> and this is what also makes Alaric good at situations like this. He just walks away. He could punch him down further, but he knows what's going on in Enzo's mind is meaner than anything Rick could say. Yeah, he already opened those floodgates. He doesn't have to say anything else. Elsewhere in the dorm, Caroline is dragging Stefan's body. Some girl comes in and says, what are you doing? This is a lesson in why you should mind your own business. This girl. Yeah. Caroline says, what are you doing? It's called spring break. The girl says, it's called practice. Loser. (laughs) She says, is he okay? And Caroline says, he's fine. And she goes to compel the girl. But Stefan has actually been playing unconscious this whole time. Waiting for his moment. Because again, he's crazy. Yeah. Um, And he pulls out the steak and throws it into the girl's stomach. Mm -hmm. And she says, ow. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't need to say that. Um, (laughs) Caroline says, nice going, jackass. And she pulls the steak out of the girl and like bites her wrist to feed her the blood. Mm-hmm. And Stefan says, second lesson in losing control, no saving strangers. Caroline feeds the girl some blood. And as he walks up to obviously kill this girl, is obviously what he's going to do. Um, Caroline hits him with the wood stake, knocking him out. Yeah. She compels the girl. She says, go hide in your room. I'll deal with you later. And the girl does go hide in her room, which is right down the hall. Uh, we'll see her again in a bit. Yeah, probably should have said, forget this happened, go to practice, but... She had blood on her shirt. It would have been a whole mess. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Caroline says, so to summarize, letting go means being an idiot, increasing your chances of getting caught, and worst of all, actively making choices, but then Stefan cuts her off by pushing her against a wall and shushing her sexily. <laughs> Do I even have to say it? Um, <laughs> no, your, your tone said it all. Yeah. Uh, we all watched the episode. And we see the reason he did that is because Enzo and Rick are approaching, you know, their area because Stefan may not care if like authorities catch him but he does care if these bitches shoot him yeah he doesn't give a fuck about the cops but he does give a fuck about his brother yeah he said and I'm not letting Enzo shoot me I hate that guy yeah (laughs) even humanity off I know that (laughs) as Enzo and Rick are approaching a glass bottle starts to roll down the stairs it's another Molotov cocktail Stefan's weapon du jour Rick says, uh, Enzo, because he sees the bottle. Enzo sees the bottle and says, bollocks. And then he vampire runs to move Rick out of the way. And it does explode quite severely. Yeah. We go back to 1903 in the cave with all the desiccated vampires. And Lily puts on a record. You know, just having a quick catch up with all her friends, having a little party. She's so mean. (laughs) This is me with my stuffed animals on Friday night. Turning on Taylor Swift. (laughs) Elena says, these vampires have been trapped here with you the whole time. And Lily says, well, we went everywhere together. They happened to be on the boat that night, poor souls. And Damon says, these poor souls don't happen to have the same affinity for rolling heads, do they? And Lily says, oh, no, on the contrary. These people saved me from that part of myself. I was banished here because I was a monster. I drank with no remorse from whatever human I could sink my teeth into. 
but locked in this cage, I was forced to confront the animal I had become. And as we ran out of resources, my friends sacrificed their rations for me. And I knew if I drank everything as every bone in my body demanded, there wouldn't be enough to wake them. So I learned to control my bloodlust for them. These people made me feel human again. So let's talk about this. This story paints a story of Lily as someone who had like longstanding relationships with these people, which is why they were in the prison world with her. Mm -hmm. And also that the prison world like worked to rehabilitate her. An effect that really, it doesn't seem like Gemini Coven was like concerned about rehabilitation, more just incarceration. But it seems like, you know, if we believe her story, it worked. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question is, do you believe this story? If you don't buy it, what parts of it don't you buy? And where do you think the lies are? And where do you think the truths are? The issues that I identify immediately. When did this group kind of come together? That's not necessarily an issue, but it's a question. But that leads into the issue of when did they start saving you? And is it like a case that you guys all ended up on this ship and you planned to kill everyone and they helped you control it? Or did they not help you control your urges until you all ended up in the prison world? And if that's the case, like, was it just bad luck that they were on the ship and the Gemini Coven decided to put you all in the prison world? Why would they have done that? From Kai's knowledge that there are only two prison worlds, we know this is the first one they made. So maybe they didn't really think about the solitude as much of the the punishment. The other thing that is just, it's not impossible that this happened, but it is interesting that Lily is the one who was the last to desiccate. Maybe she was hoarding some blood. I mean, here's the question then, because I would be inclined to believe that maybe she forced her way to being the last to desiccate. Mm -hmm. But desiccation is slow. Yeah. And I feel like you'd be able to see it coming if like one person was not desiccating as fast as everyone else. So I feel like if she were indeed the last to desiccate, one of these people would have had the opportunity to fight back. And keep in mind, she's telling this story in front of all these desiccated people. Mm -hmm. And then she later goes to wake them up. So if she was lying, she wouldn't wake them up. Unless she is truly crazy. I think she manipulated them into being the last one. I don't think it was necessarily forced. And, you know, I'm going from the assumption that there has to be some reason she was put in this prison world. And that may be a faulty assumption because the Geminis are not exactly reliable. Well, we know the reason. No, we know the reason is that she's a ripper. Yeah. But as I said last week, like just being a ripper is one thing. Being a bad enough ripper or a specific enough ripper to go into prison world is potentially something else. Sure. So the Geminis putting her in here is not necessarily reliable as a source of like all this information. Well, do you think that maybe it is that she happens to be in this prison world, but maybe she's not like the main reason for the prison world? Maybe one of these other six people is? Because she is saying like, oh, they saved my life. There are all these good people. Is that the lie? Could that be? I think if they're not good people, she isn't either. Okay. You know, I like, I think they could be a ripper coalition indeed. Sure. But I do think she has gotten herself to be a sort of ringleader. Sure. And that may just be that she's slightly older than them or like had some access to things that they didn't have, whatever it may be. And I think, you know, once you're in a prison world with only seven of you, even if there are people that you 
don't like or there are issues where you're all evil or whatever, dynamics shift significantly. Sure. And that's also the case as if you were all truly a family close before you go in. That could have shifted. We all read Lord of the Flies. Yeah. There's a lot of possibilities. And you can certainly like see desiccation coming, but you can also lock people in rooms. Sure. So there's just, I think, a, a little bit of, there's some questions of how these people all ended up desiccated and she's the one who didn't especially if she is, you know, the one ripper. And yes, she controlled her urges and kept blood available for these people. But why would you leave the ripper to be the only one with the blood? I mean, I guess they need the blood. And if they run out of blood, they desiccate anyway. But there's just a number of flags to raise. Sure. As sincere as she seems, I just, I have to be suspicious. Sure. So Lily says, okay, I will fetch the last of the blood so we can revive them. And she leaves the cave. And Damon's like, girl, be serious. Elena looks at one of the guys and his eyes move with her finger because, you know, they're desiccated, not dead. And Damon says, okay, not only is she a ripper, she's an insane ripper. And Elena says, well, maybe she feels responsible for them. And Damon says, are you kidding me? She has a vampire dollhouse. It is kind of giving dollhouse. It is. Oh, it's very much giving dollhouse. Elena spots something and she says, oh, Damon, isn't this the Ascendant? And he says, yeah. And she says, why isn't Bonnie here? And Damon says, because Bonnie's not looking for the Ascendant, Elena. And Elena's like, what do you mean? And she's like, what? (laughs) She just came along for fun. She didn't know there was another plan afoot. Yeah. Out in the woods, we check in on Bonnie and Kai. And Bonnie says, the spell feels stronger. The Ascendant must be around here somewhere. And Kai says, why would the Ascendant be here? Great question, King. Should have asked that earlier in the hike, buddy. But you were just so excited that your friend was walking with you. Yeah. Bonnie says, I don't know. I didn't put it here. Kai says, look, if you don't think I'm capable of change, why spend an entire day with me? Why bring me out to the middle of nowhere? I could gut you all over again and your friends will never even hear you scream. Now, Kai. Some good thoughts there. But flip those. (laughs) The first half of the sentence, if you had been running with that, you might have been able to figure out that she's trapping you here. But in what world do you think threatening to gut her again is the move yeah hi come on that's just not smart because she's already not on your side but also if you're like it's weird that you'd come out here because it's not really safe to be out here with someone you don't trust luckily for me i trust you (laughs) like hi oh fool it's his first couple weeks with empathy he doesn't know what it's like to be stabbed in the back yet i mean he does at the end of this episode yeah Bonnie says, maybe you're right. Maybe deep down there's a part of me that believes there is a sliver of good in you. He laughs. He says, well, then you would be right if you believed that. Because he's like, I got her to come around for besties. And then he resumes looking for the Ascendant and he turns away from her. Foolish. He says, looking, looking. Nope, they didn't hide the Ascendant in a random pile of... But Bonnie stabs him in the back. Literally. Uh, He falls to the ground. She stabs his leg. And then she gets on top of him. He says, what are you doing? And she says, gaining your trust, then stabbing you in the back. Feels pretty sucky, doesn't it? And and talk about sexy. Yeah, I know. Call me insane. But I'm rooting for these two crazy kids until we get her to meet Enzo. You're not the only person who does ship Bonnie and Kai. I wouldn't use the word ship, but I would say I want a kiss, which I guess is basically shipping. Yeah, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> shipping is such a strong word. <laughs> Kai says, please don't. And Bonnie says, don't what? 
don't leave you here all alone drive you to the point of wanting to end your life? I almost killed myself because of you. And Kai says, please, Bonnie, believe me, I've changed. And she says, I know. So have I. She goes to stab him, but he disappears. Because one thing about those Geminis, they're going to be disappearing. He's like, oh, thank God for Invisiqua. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) T-G-I-I. Thank God it's Invisiqua. Back at Whitmore, Enzo and Alaric are unconscious from the blast. But Caroline inspects their bodies and she says, okay, well, at least they're still breathing. Stefan says, Damon must be up to something good if he sent the B team. (laughs) Stefan says, what do you say we send him a message? And he picks up the stake. Caroline picks up a gun and points it at Stefan. And Stefan says, what are you doing? And she says, stopping you from leaving the cleaning staff, two dead bodies, not to mention killing Elena's former guardian and your brother's best friend. Did you like being locked up and tortured to get your humanity back? And Stefan says, you know, it must be so exhausting overthinking everything, denying your own urge to kill and just be done with them. Bro, you would know. You literally overthink everything when your humanity's on. Yeah. His humanity's off and he's free. (laughs) That's why he turns it off and won't turn it back on because he's like, why would I want to be that sad little bitch? (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) Caroline cocks the gun and says, back away. And Stefan says, fine, if that's what you want. And he starts walking away, but she goes after him. She says, hey, where are you going? He's going to the room of the girl from earlier. And she's scared to see him. Yeah, because she's just sitting in there. And she was waiting for the other one to come back. (laughs) Stefan grabs the girl. You know, it's clear what he's about to do. And he turns to Caroline and says, you think I don't know everything about you? I taught you how to control your bloodlust, remember? She picked it up and took it away from you pretty quick, though. Yeah, it's like, "Mm, how involved were you in that, really? That's revisionist. All love. I mean, you definitely gave her some information, but the student became the teacher within like three days. Yeah, with shocking ease. Yeah. Stefan compels the girl. He says, stand still and don't scream. Caroline says, what are you doing? And Stefan says, the thing you keep resisting. He starts feeding on the girl. Uh, He looks at Caroline sexily, and then he lets go. Because we haven't had one of these sexy eaten from a neck things in a while. This was a Klaus specialty. Yeah. Julie Plex said, you guys miss Klaus so bad. Best I can do is humanity off, Stefan. And everyone said, okay. I'll allow it. I do think this storyline was for the Claireline bitches. Yeah. I think that's clear. She said, oh my God, shut up. She said, I'll give you a taste of it. And then will you be on board with Stairline, please? Stop fucking emailing me. (laughs) Caroline says, if you're trying to tempt me, it's not working. And Stefan says, I don't have to try. Deep down, you and I are exactly the same, Caroline. Come on, you can break routine for a second. He holds out the girl's neck and he's like, she has a really pretty neck. Stefan feeds more. Caroline watches. Stefan, you know, let's go. And he looks at Caroline sexily. And some sexy music is starting to play. And the blood is like pooling up on her neck a little bit. I mean, the writing's on the wall here. (laughs) Caroline's veins appear and she feeds on the girl. She looks at Stefan sexily. And then they push the girl to the ground and start making out. Poor girl. He's like, come on, I just wanted to go to field hockey. (laughs) Said, I knew I should have called in sick. 
<laughs> they're making out. They're making out against the vending machine. They're sexily taking clothes off. The camera is spinning. Oh, it's giving sexy. They said, we got to make this look sexier than the Claire line hookup scene. They said, we got to move this camera around. Yeah, we got to do something. We got to get you guys feeling it. And they did. I mean, they did. It. It's sexier. Even I can admit. We needed it. In 1903, the Northern Lights have started. Damon and Elena grab their coats. Damon says to Lily, look, your vampire menagerie is going to have to take the next train out. We're down a witch. And Lily says, you want to leave them behind? Why wouldn't he? Snow them? Lily, I know that like those are your family, but look at it as an objective observer for a second. It's six desiccated vampires. That doesn't look fun to anyone. And also, they do only have one witch. Yeah. Lily says, Damon, you can't save me without saving them. And Damon says, we'll come back for them. Promise. He lies. Mm-hmm. Elena says, Damon, look outside. Is that the Aurora Borealis? It's like, yeah, girl, we know. Fucking Poindexter head ass. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Is that the Aurora Borealis? Shut up, Liam. <laughs> Bonnie enters and says, also known as our ticket out of here. You got it? Elena says, yeah, the ascendant. And Damon says, you got to be kidding me because we can now see that Lily is gone. <laughs> she immediately ran away. Damon says, go, start the spell, I'll go get her. Which, this is like, I mean, it all works out, but at first it's like, dude, no, don't do that. Let's not all get stuck in the prison world. You've done this before. Yeah, don't get your ass stuck in another prison world, please. (laughs) In the cave, Lily has the dropper and the big jar, and she's getting ready to feed everyone. She does get some blood into the first guy. It's important to note. And she says, time to wake up. Damon vampire runs in and grabs her. And in the process, the jar of blood breaks. Again, the last blood in the prison world. Mm-hmm. Damon says, I said they're not coming. And Lily says, what have you done? And he says, we'll see him at the reunion. Let's go. And she says, you don't understand, Damon. I will not leave them. So also, if she was lying about her relationship with them, why wouldn't she leave them? She wants other people to be with her so she can be crazy. I don't know. Just making you think. Uh, Damon says, too bad. And then Lily says, they are my family. These people are my family. Saying this to your son. Your son that you abandoned. Is so nasty. Like, Lily, wrong audience, queen. I mean, he did provoke her. Still. Still. (laughs) It's stupid behavior. It, It sure is. And Damon is obviously, I'm sure, hurt by this comment, but he is able to get past it and get things going. Because he says, these freaks may be your family, but Stefan Salvatore is mine. And if you don't want to help him, I will leave you here to rot. Do you understand me? Outside, Bonnie is stirring the spell with Elena, and Damon does return with Lily. Because she said, okay, I really don't want to rot, and now I'm out of blood. So yeah, I guess I gotta go. She said, and he promised we'll be back. Yeah. And I raised such a respectful young son. (laughs) And I'm excited to see Stefan, the son I like. (laughs) Kai spots them all doing the spell, and he says, Bonnie. And she looks at him and she smiles and they all disappear. And Kai is left in the prison world in a way worse situation than he was in 1994. He's going to be missing 1994 for sure. And he looks very dejected and sad. And I can't blame him. Yeah, because now he can feel emotions. So that sucks. At the hospital, Sarah is still in her bed. She is on her phone. And we're like, oh, okay, you again? Enzo comes in and says, nice negligee. And it's a hospital gown. Classic line. Not as classic as some others, but, you know, he's been through it at this point. Well, yeah, he's off his game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After his conversation with Alaric. Sarah says, Enzo, hey, did I call you last night? I text from you to meet up, but I don't remember ever seeing you. Enzo says, look, Sarah, it was a mistake bringing you into my life. 
she says, then why did you? He's like, I'm really not going to get into it. <laughs> yeah, Enzo says, call it, I don't know, I'm just pulling words out of a void here. Deep and obvious loneliness. <laughs> oh, that is going to stick with him forever. Yeah, that one's going to stay nice and close. And Enzo says, the truth is, you've been a pawn in a game I've now lost interest in playing. Which is like, ouch. Rude. <laughs> he says, you're an ordinary girl, Sarah Salvatore. You deserve better. But she says, uh, hold on. <laughs> she said, I'll run that back. So why don't you just call me Sarah Salvatore? She's like, my last name is Nelson. <laughs> uh, he kind of smiles. So obviously he did that on purpose. Yeah. Elsewhere, Joe is giving Alaric a checkup post-blast. And she says, oh boy, this is bad. And he says, what? And she says, I'm marrying an idiot. And then she hits him. <laughs> Got his ass. He, she says, you could have died today. And he says, as opposed to any other day. But today you put yourself in the position to die is the difference, King. She says, 18 years. That's how long I need you to be alive. Help me raise this baby. Then we can set him or her free into the world and you can run around with guns and vampires and be an idiot, okay? And he says, fine. <laughs> Just, okay. Then I'll take that deal. At a Salvatore house, Lily is, <laughs> Lily is sitting in front of an iMac watching the screensaver. And it's like the, the old iMac screensaver that looks vaguely like the Northern Lights. Yeah, it's like a little like lines. The little neon lines that move. This is one of the funniest things they've ever done on this show. This is like top tier enchanted baloney. Yeah. This is one of the funniest things I've seen on a TV show, period. And she's acting this too, bitch, because she is enthralled. That's that Millican degree, baby. Damon says the whole world runs on those things. The sooner you learn them, the better. And she says it does more than this. She doesn't say that. Yeah, she's not ready to deal with the computer yet at all. She says, oh, maybe you could teach me. And he says, yeah, that's more Stefan's thing. Maybe he can give you a tutorial after you mother him back to sanity. Someone wants to teach the Gilded Age woman how to use a Mac. Yeah, that'll go well. No, thank you. <laughs> I would rather be in the prison world. She'll be like, and what's this app? Email. Now, what the fuck is that? Every app, it's like opens a new can of worms. And that's after you've explained apps to her, which took four days. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck do you mean, mouse? Where does the mouse live? Yeah, why do you call it that? <laughs> Lily says, you know, Stefan was right. The night of my funeral, an angel did visit him. Me. Okay. <laughs> She's real. She served <laughs> with that line. <laughs> yeah. She says, I had just turned and I wanted to see my boys. But when I leaned down to whisper into Stefan's ear, the hunger surged. All I could hear was the pulse of his veins. All I could smell was the blood. So I fled for your sake. And no matter how deeply you felt my absence, it is half as deep as I felt yours. So the story she's telling Damon about why she left, which is Damon's real chief concern. Mm -hmm. His chief concern is not really post-prison world. It's 1858 to 1903. Yeah. Why she never talked to him. Yeah, he's less concerned about like, you know, her being a ripper is bad, but Stefan's gone through ripper phases. He's more like, why did you never tell us you weren't dead? Yeah. And so the story she's telling us is that she was afraid of killing them. Mm -hmm. Do you buy this? I buy that this happened the night she turned. Sure. And I get that you would be scared to go back, but it's, you know, 50 years. Well, and also she knew they were vampires at a certain point. Yeah, because she knew they turned in the war. We don't know when she heard, but we have to imagine she heard before she went into the prison world, because where was she going to hear that in the prison world? Yeah, because it was one thing if she thought they died in the war, but she knew they turned, so... I think it's, you know, 
it's a red flag that she would not reach out to her sons. There could be other reasons for it, but it is like, I believe this happened the night of, but I think there are some other reasons why she continued to stay away pre-prison world. Like what? Let's believe that she's a sincere person. Maybe one of these other vampires wanted to hurt families and she didn't want to bring her sons into it. You know, or maybe she tried to hunt them down, couldn't. There's other reasons, like she could have heard things through the grapevine that they wouldn't have wanted to see her. Although, how would she hear that? Because she didn't even hear Giuseppe was dead. She, I don't think she heard he was dead. She was laughing too hard. <laughs> it's just, it's questionable that she never returned to a point that we have to imagine she had some say in that. Sure. I think she's not saying she didn't have a say. She's saying she had a say, but she made a decision for the good of them. No, I, I agree with it. The decision being her saying it's for the good of them for a while. I think once you pass 20 years, that justification loses some legs. I mean, I would hear that if she wasn't a ripper, but from what we can tell, Mm -hmm. she turned in 1858 and became a ripper and never stopped being a ripper until she was put in the prison world. But also let me raise this. Okay. What big deal is a ripper to a vampire? But that's what I'm saying is like, when Stefan has been a ripper, his chief concern is, when am I killing someone next? So then if she's a ripper, we can assume her humanity was off at some point. She's not worried about her sons. That's true. I mean, we don't know how much her humanity played into it. Mm-hmm. But her humanity appears to be on now. Or she's just that good of an actress. Which could be the case. Yeah. Damon is not quite ready to accept all this yet. So he says, good to know. I'll let you get some sleep. And Lily says, Damon, as much as I am looking forward to us getting to know each other again, I fear that I can't truly be myself until we've retrieved the ones we left behind. When will we be going back? He said, oh, I couldn't tell you. Girl, save this till the next morning. Damon says, soon. But don't worry, your prison world's not going anywhere. Lily, soon is code for never. Yeah, girly. <laughs> In 1903, Kai is exploring his new home. He found a lantern and he found the cave. So he's, you know, resourceful. And he says, where do they keep the food? And then he like bumps into the one desiccated guy who did get a little blood in him. And he says, oh, crap. And then he sees it's a group of them. And he says, who the hell are you? And then the guy grabs Kai's neck and Kai drops the lantern. Mm -hmm. And that's the last we see of Kai in the prison world. How do you think this is going to go? Do you think Kai is going to work with these people? Do you think these people are going to kill Kai? What's the the relationship here? How's Kai going to fare? See, I don't think they'll kill him off the top because, frankly, it is worthwhile to have a source of blood. Mm-hmm. And I think also it would be hard to kill Kai because he can do some sort of spell to get you off mid-feet. Okay. So I don't think Kai will be dead as a result of it. I think these people probably want to get out of this prison world. And Kai, you know, he can manipulate them for a while, pretending he is able to do that if he just finds the Ascendant, quote unquote, or whatever. Like, I, I think he can work with them. But it also depends how this information about him being like the current leader of the Gemini coven comes out because that may be a point of contention since this coven put them in. Well, where would that information come out of? Just Kai. But there is a benefit to that information because like I didn't do it. My coven did it a century ago. Let's work together. But I think that's a balance beam that Kai has to walk. Yeah. Well, you can always be like, hey, they put me in a prison world too. (laughs) They're not my people. 
Yeah. I mean, but there is a major problem here. Whether or not he walks that balance beam, whether or not they work together, there ain't no Bennett blood here that we know of. I'm saying he can stretch that a bit. Well, it doesn't matter stretch or not. It doesn't, like, he can't get out. Yeah, no, he can't get out, but I'm saying he can, if he needs to get them on their side, he his knowledge of the Gemini Coven could come in handy to them. And I think it can also come in handy to Kai. You know, he has a story about Lily Salvatore, but I think this also opens up possibilities of hearing other stories. Sure. But again, stories and knowledge, that's all great and fun, and I'm sure they'll have a great time. But the goal, you have to assume, would be to get out. Mm -hmm. And stories and knowledge can't get you out. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of Kai's survival for the next bit. Sure. Because obviously they're going back into this prison world. Why obviously? Because Kai needs to come out for me. And also because I think Lily will be pushing. But I think, you know, Lily may not have as much pull as she thinks she does. And there may be a situation where it's beneficial to put Lily back in. Sure. I think mostly for Kai at this point, it's about surviving and, you know, seeing what's happening with these people and hoping that someone comes and gets him. I guess we'll see. Back at the Salvatore house, Elena is looking at the baby photo. She took it back with her. And Damon says, okay, we should probably check the inventory of the blood cooler before Lily wakes up. Elena is just engrossed by the photo and she says, you have her eyes. Damon says, you brought that back? And Elena says, it's the only baby picture of my boyfriend in existence. Of course I brought it back. She's real for that. Mm -hmm. Damon says, give me that. And Elena says, I liked seeing that side of you today. Girl, what? The one where he threw a tantrum with his mommy all day? It really is like the side where he was rude to his mom all day because he clearly has a strained relationship with her. Fun. Even Damon was like disappointed and disillusioned. You see that every day. Yeah. She says, a mother's son. Okay. That's (laughs) kind of the side he is every day. I kind of think she's just horny and is trying to steer this in a romantic direction. And she's doing her very best. Yeah, fair enough. And for that, I stand. Damon says she's just a means to get Stefan back. And Elena says, look, I know she's not the woman you remember, but give her some time. Damon says, you're lucky you're so adorable because your eternal optimism is super annoying. And Elena says, well, I happen to know from experience that it's never a waste of time to look for the good in someone. Hurt. Hurt. Damon says, this woman left her kids to be a den mother to a family of vampires. I think we're going to be looking for quite a while. And Elena says, well, then it's a good thing we have forever. And then they start to make out. She's like, come on, let me make out. Enough about your mom. She's like, how much do I have to say before I can kiss you? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So then they start to make out sexily, as everyone's doing this week. Mm -hmm. And then we go over to Whitmore, where Carolyn and Stefan are definitely in the post-sex glow. (laughs) They are naked. They're wrapped in sheets, so we don't really see the naked, but we assume. Yeah, but, you know, as naked as you can get on the CW. Yeah. Caroline says, that wasn't terrible. And Stefan says, see, control is overrated. And Caroline says, I don't even remember how we got back to my room. Where's my shirt? And Stefan says, it's near the girl we left bleeding out in the hallway. They laugh. Laugh and giggle, because that's so funny. Caroline says, you were right. Your way is much more fun. And they kiss. And this is, like, thank God... They get to be sexy because we were watching a friends to lovers trope and like friends to lovers don't usually get to be this sexy. Yeah. And you know what? I don't really care that Caroline killed a random girl and I don't care if she kills more because let her be free. I mean, I think she shouldn't kill a ton of people, but I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, 
on the Vampire Diaries, I don't care that she killed an extra, but I do think it's affecting. Here's the thing: humanity off Stefan killing people, like it's bad, sure, but he was a ripper. Like he's got guilt for centuries, so like one other person isn't going to be painful. But Caroline does not kill innocent people. She has killed one innocent person. And it was that carnival guy the night she turned. Yeah. So this is going to be a lot harder on Caroline than it is on Stefan. Yeah. Based on that information, I assume. You know, who knows what will happen in future episodes. Not that you know. We go over to the Salvador house. Damon and Elena are still making out. But then they stop making out. Damon says, oh my god, hey, Bon Bon. And Bonnie's there. And she says, sorry, awkward timing. She says, hey. Um, and Elena feels awkward. So Elena says, no, no, it's fine. I have to go check in on Rick anyway to see how things are going with Stefan and Caroline. So she gives Damon a goodbye kiss and leaves. And Damon says, this better be good. And Bonnie says, I just wanted to thank you for helping me find closure today. Damon turns on the sink. Haven't done this in a while. Good move always. And says, you know, there's a crazy lady up there that wants to open that prison world up more than anything, right? And Bonnie says, well, we're never going back there, right? And Damon says, no, we're not. We can't, We all have to have hope, don't we? Yeah. Bonnie says, good, because I have something for you. A gift from 1994. I was going to give to you yesterday, but then you acted like an ass and didn't deserve it. And he says, well, I... And she pulls out a box. And he says... That's not what I think it is, is it? And she says, if it wasn't for your notes on the map of Nova Scotia, I would have never remembered there was magic on that island. There's a good chance I wouldn't be here today. So from my 94 road trip, I got you a little something. Damon opens the box and it is the cure. But in case we don't remember, he says the cure, the cure to vampirism. Yeah, they really lay it out. Bonnie says, I know you were planning on getting it yourself. You had the whole route mapped down to the kilometer. And he says, why are you giving me this? And she says, because my mom is surprisingly happy as a vampire, and I have full faith we'll get Caroline back to normal the old-fashioned way, but mostly because I know you wanted it for Elena. She's like, I do remember my mom, but she's okay. Good, we got that out of the way. (laughs) Damon says, what if I don't want it for her now? And Bonnie says, that's not my business. I am just finishing what you started. You can give it to her or not. It's up to you. She goes, and that is where we end the episode. So will Damon give Elena the cure? I think eventually. When is eventually? Whenever uh, she wakes up from her long sleep. Because, Stephanie, you're under the impression that when Nina Dobrev leaves the show, Mm -hmm. which is before the end of the show, that she goes into some kind of long sleep. Yes, and I think that's more likely uh, to happen if she's a vampire. Sure. But I do feel that we've thrown this cure around. We've brought it back. I think Elena is the one who would get it. I do think we'll hem and haw. And I think at the end of the day, it will be like Elena's choice to take it. You know, I don't think Damon's going to like be like, surprise, cure. How will that work out for Damon and Elena then? Because we want them to end up together. Yeah. You know, I think there is a possibility like, Like, we know technically this cure is one dose. Well, what we know about the cure is if someone takes the cure, essentially, like, someone else can be cured by feeding on the blood of the person who took the cure. Yes, I forgot about that. That's what happened with Catherine and Silas. Yes, I forgot about that. We talked a lot about Lily all over the episode, but any 
final thoughts on Lily, your first impressions, predictions for her arc, how long will she be with us, what's going to happen with her, just some Lily thoughts. I'm interested to dig into her, partly because I always love when we do a deep brotherhood dive on Stefan and Damon. Those are always really rich and really useful. And I do think we've set up some interesting things with Lily in terms of like, what did she do to get in the prison world? Who is this second family? What role do they play? You know, we've set up pretty significant differences in her relationships with Stefan and Damon. And so how will that manifest? How will that affect them moving forward? Will she be able to turn Stefan's humanity back on? I think there's, and you know, with that humanity on, because as I said before, I do think Stefan's will be on before Caroline's. How does that then manifest with how Stefan and Caroline deal with their reactions to things? And how does that then relate to Stefan's relationship with his mother? And I think there's a lot of interesting relationship things to get into that Lily kind of becomes the the keystone for. Yeah. So how long do you think she'll be with us? Like, And do you think her arc is kind of going to be really about her sons and nothing else? I think it will be about more than her sons. I think there is a connection with these other vampires, these not tomb vampires, obviously, but we have to draw the connection. Her family. Her family. You know, the idea of a found family, I think is something we can certainly touch on. And I think that comes up with our main group, but also with Alaric, with Joe, even with the Perker clan we've interacted with, with Matt and Tyler and their brotherhood in blue. Uh <laughs> But so I think there's a little bit more than just her sons. I think there's a broader family idea, but also this kind of ripper and humanity idea that I think we'll touch on with her. Because I do think with the idea of her being a ripper, that humanity question will come up. And I do think particularly with Stefan dealing with her, there's going to be a curiosity to her kind of process becoming a ripper, her process getting away from being a ripper potentially and kind of how they've each handled things. And I think that, could be a a rich source of story. Sure. You keep avoiding this question. Okay. How long is she going to be with us? Through the end of the season, but I think done this season. You think done by the end of this season? That's quick. Yeah. There's only five episodes left. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Do you think that Lily's friends and Kai will get out of the 1903 prison world? And if so, when? I think they will. And I think next episode or the following. Interesting. Do you have any predictions for people in her family? Just thoughts? I'll say this. I wouldn't be shocked if one of those vampires, and I don't know if this counts when it's vampire blood, uh, has Bennett blood in their system. Let's say that. Well, we know that a Bennett could become a vampire. Yeah. So I'm saying if their vampire blood still counts as Bennett blood, which is a question. Well, we know that a witch can't be a vampire at the same time. So we know that if there is a Bennett, they're a vampire and not a witch. So that would prevent them from getting out. But it does seem risky for the Gemini Coven to put someone with Bennett blood in a Bennett-built prison world. I guess we're just making the assumption it's Bennett-built. Well, no, they need a Bonnie's blood to get in, so it is Bennett-built. No, but they might not have known it's Bennett blood, and it doesn't matter if they had Bennett blood because they didn't have any magic in this world. But now Kai is in the world. They don't have any magic that we know of. Well, yeah, but if they had magic, they would have probably gotten out by now if they had bennett blood i'm saying they didn't have magic but they've had bennett blood and now kai is there so now they have both okay 
that's just one guess I'll throw out. Um, I also think there's a possibility. I think this is reaching because she turned, you know, we know she turned when she had consumption. But when she said my family, I thought this bitch had like other sons. And so those could be other kids of hers or like true like blood relatives. Sure. Those are the two guesses I'll throw out. Do you think there's anyone in there that we already know? I don't think already know, but perhaps know of. There's also the possibility that there is, uh, you know, I've been saying a ripper doesn't necessarily make sense, like why they would be get a prison world all to themselves just for being a ripper. Maybe Lily or one of these other rippers turned like a Gemini coven member or multiple and it was like, why would you take away magic from a coven by turning them into vampires? Now you're all in this prison world. Sure. Oh, do you, so do you think that there are Geminis in there too? Yeah. So I think the options that I'm throwing out is in there. Geminis slash Perkers, a Bennett. I think a Bennett. I don't think there's multiple Bennetts. Or Lily's blood relatives. Or just random friends. But they're all vampires. Gotcha. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.